Now, The Sipping Point with Lori Forster, the wine coach, certified sommelier, corporate entertainer, and wife to a world-class chef, Lori is literally pouring the fun back into wine. Meet some of the most interesting people in the world of food, wine, and spirits as she uncorks the recipe for a delicious life. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach, and I am so thrilled today to be in studio with the ladies of Crow Vineyard in Kennedyville, Maryland. I have Judy Crow. I think Hello. you have a little something to do with the winery. I have a little something, yeah. <laughs> and the namesake. She's the owner with her husband, Roy. And then next to her, winemaker Katrina North, who, you know, there aren't that many women winemakers here in the state of Maryland, but... There are a few, a few, yeah. a few. So welcome, thank you. And we we go way back, way back. So I'm I'm thrilled that I've been at the winery many times, but thrilled to have you here in studio. We're going to talk about three of your delicious wines, and then let people know about a great event you have coming up on September 13th at the winery itself over on the Eastern Shore. I said Kennedyville, Maryland. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be Crow Fest. So yeah. you'll get all the information about how to buy tickets, how to join these ladies out there for. A great day of wine, food, and fun. So let's just start at the beginning because Judy and Katrina, you're both living out a dream that many of our listeners have to either own a winery, make wine, or just get paid to drink wine all day. (laughs) (laughs) How did this even start, Judy? Let's start with you. How did you come to own? I know the story, but I know our listeners want to know too. How did this start? Well, it all started with um, looking for a way to um, change our 365-acre farm and make it a little more sustainable. And um, first we um, made a bed and breakfast, and then we planted grapes, and then found out, you know, like, if you're really going to get into it, you should make your own wine. So you have plenty of stuff to drink. Um, so we <laughs> just for personal consumption at first. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, um, and we, you know we took our business model pretty seriously because we wanted the folks that stayed at the bed and breakfast to have an opportunity to um, have some good wines that go along with. We also raise grass-fed Angus beef, and we have lovely gardens and fresh vegetables and lots of local uh, produce in our area that. Um, we're all the time cooking up something and drinking some wine and I know. having a good time. That's yeah. what I love about you guys. Yeah. yeah, it's like a party every afternoon, <laughs> twelve to five. You know? This is great. I know. I have to run out to the wine store, but with you, you just have it right there, right ready there. to go. I <laughs> yeah. love it. So you planted your grapes in two thousand nine. You opened and started selling wine and at the winery in twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. So you're about four years in. Is we're, that fair? It kind of feels like it. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a little longer than that sometimes. But <laughs> But, yeah, it's about I love four that. years. Okay, and you're doing this with your husband, Roy, with your son, Brandon. It's a family business. It, it is a family a business. A real family yeah. business. I and love that. We're getting ready for harvest now. That's a really exciting time. Um, if anybody doesn't know anything about that, you should come out and I was going to say, do you need volunteers? Oh, yeah, we always need volunteers okay. during harvest. You can find out more information on our Facebook page, Crow yeah. Farm. Yeah, Crow yeah. Farm. Just yeah. search them. And then your website also. Let's right. get that out, too. Yeah, um, Crow Farm MD. Um, dot com is Perfect. our website. Yeah. So a couple years in, and you connect with Katrina, who actually is from the West Coast, right? Or you were on the West Coast winemaking for a little while. I was on in California and Washington State winemaking for a while. Yep. Nice. I was recruited back to southeastern Pennsylvania to a winery there, and then I uh, met the Crows um, in 
God, 2011, probably. Yeah. Perfect when timing. They were making, uh, <laughs> doing some trials on the wine, the first wine that we're going to taste today. They're 2011 sparkling. They came to the winery that I was at the helm of. Right. And uh, that's when we met. Yeah, Perfect. So. And you're fun. I know when you're not drinking wine, you drink whiskey. <laughs> I know that about you Guilty. already. Yeah. Guilty, right? <laughs> but tell me, how did you get into the winemaking business? Uh, what was your foray just from the very beginning? Um, I'm originally, I'm a native of Western New York, so of the Finger Lakes region. Um, so it's never been too far from my consciousness. I went to, uh, went away to school with aspirations to change the world. And I decided that the best way to do that would be to put really good wine in bottle. So oh, I love that. <laughs> changing the world one, one glass, glass at a time. At a time. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of it, I'm starting to get thirsty. So I think maybe we should dive in a little bit with the wine. The first wine we're going to try is your sparkling. Sparkling. Wow. And I haven't even been drinking yet. I think that's the problem. The sparkling Vito Blanc. So tell us a little bit about this wine. I, I think the sparkling is the first of your wines I ever had, and yeah. it's one of my favorites. Yeah. That's it. Tell us, guys. Who's going to start? Go ahead, Katrina. Go do a little brag about it. This was, uh, this actually, we're really proud of this wine. We've seen it come, it was harvested in 2011, so it was the crow's first harvest. Um, mm. And uh, we've really gotten to see it evolve over the last four years. Um, and it's evolved into something that's really awesome. So it's been an ongoing experiment for us. Um, but I just happened to send it to Sonoma two months ago for something called the International Eastern Wine Competition. I'm sorry, the International Women's Wine Competition. Yeah. And <laughs> I was, uh, uh, you know, sent it off hoping that it would do well. And it brought us home a double gold medal. So we were really double excited. Gold. Double gold, yeah. anyone. I <laughs> like that. And, you know, it has this beautiful, I don't know if you um, folks on Periscope can see, but I'll tell the listeners out there on WBL, it has this wonderful gold shade to it. Tiny bubbles, which mm-hmm. we know are the best for the sparkling best. wine. Yep. And Vito Blanc is a grape that does so well here on the East Coast. Uh, a lot of people... If they haven't toured wineries here, don't know a lot about it. But tell us just a little bit more about the personality of Vidal Blanc. Vidal has quite a bit of personality mm. um, from start to finish. It's a French-American hybrid. Um, it's a hybrid of uh, like Trebbiano. I don't know if a lot yes. of folks know what that is. It's really widely grown in uh, Italy. Not so much here in the States, but... Uh, it's it's made very widely in Maryland, so it's got it's, really intense yeah. fruit and very very it's lovely. Yeah. This is a dry wine, but people even that like wines with a little sweetness would yeah. love this, right? Yeah, as yeah. well. Um, I, but it's it's nice and dry. If you like a prosecco, for instance, and you know what that is, I think you would really enjoy this sparkling. Yeah, right. I would agree. Yep, love that. Now. Yeah. Uh, these grapes. We brought you a present. You brought me. I just harvested these grapes. Tell me about, are these the Vito Blanc grapes that we're tasting in the glass? Yeah, we're actually gearing up. Um, the first pick every year, um, Can I usually, taste one? Oh, absolutely, yeah. is uh, the sparkling wine pick. So we're mm. picking the Vito Blanc first for this wine. Um, so we're getting very close. We're thinking that might be the end of next week. So we thought we'd bring you a little wow. preview. Thank the you first so harvest. much. The first harvest. Beautiful. First, we'll take a picture of them, too, to put it online at thewinecoach.com <laughs> so folks can see what they look like. Now, people would say, what makes these different from table grapes? But right away, you can tell the skin mm-hmm. is a little bit more to it than the skins mm-hmm. of, say, you know, your basic table grapes. Yep. And the, it's pretty seedy, mm-hmm. as we say. Not, not unpleasant <laughs> Not S-E-E. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not seedy in a bad way. Um, but it's 
find these grapes tend to have at least two seeds inside of them. So it's a little different than the big green ones in the grocery store. Yeah. So I know when I've traveled wine country all over the world, you know, part of harvesting is knowing the sugar contact content or what we call bricks. Mm -hmm. But the other part, I know when I was in Bordeaux, they said, well, we look at the bricks and then we forget all that. All we do is taste the grapes and we can tell by the taste of the grapes if they're ready. Do you, do you agree? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are also fighting with the weather uh, at this time of year, so rain and stuff, but ideally we pick on flavor. Oh, okay. All right. Great. I think this is delicious. What would you ideally, Judy, like to see people consume dinner-wise with a wine like this? I mean, this is great all by itself. Well, here's what we do at the vineyard. Anytime we have a special event, um, a wine dinner or a pairing of wines, we always give everybody a welcome sparkling and, and some um, appetizers to go with it. So that's, that's kind of how we like to use it. I'll tell you what, what else we like is um, it pairs nicely with chocolate. Oh, chocolate. I love that. Some milk chocolate and some Vidal sparkling. Well, while you're all savoring and picturing that pairing, we're going to take a quick break on The Sipping Point. We'll be back with Crow Vineyard in a moment. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach. We're back with The Sipping Point and the ladies of Crow Vineyard, Judy Crow, Katrina North. We just tasted one of my favorites, your sparkling Vidal Blanc. It's delicious. It's got bubbles, lots of great fruit. Uh, I, I could see this with Asian food, with a lot of different dishes, or just on the back porch. You don't <laughs> have to have food with it. Maybe blue cheese, too, oh, would yeah. be fun. But what I love about Vidal Blanc, and growing up on the East Coast, I'm so familiar with it at so many different wineries, is that like Riesling as a grape, it can make so many different styles of wine. So you have the sparkling that we're tasting now, but you have a dry, still without bubbles, white Vidal Blanc that I love. And then I hear you have a dessert version. A dessert version thanks to Katrina. That's how we found her when she first helped us make dessert wine. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So would this be considered a late harvest? What's the style of your dessert Vidal Blanc? It is considered a later harvest wine. Um, It's kind of in the ice wine style, but we don't freeze it on the vine. So um, it's, yeah, it's uh, taken off and frozen uh, elsewhere, and then we bring it back when it's cold enough to process it. So and, you uh, do process it. Frozen. You press it frozen. Mm-hmm. And people just love ice wine. I know. And yeah. it can be very pricey. What What's the relative? Just give me an idea of the retail on your sparkling Vidal, and then... I believe the, the sparkling is 30 Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what about the dessert? 25 about the same. Yeah. A little you water can go. make a deal. Just go okay. to the wine. No, just kidding. <laughs> just ask Katrina. Name she doesn't that know. Price. Name that price. She makes wine. She shouldn't have to know the price. Okay. But that's relatively affordable next to ice yeah, wine, which very, is really pricey affordable. these days. So it's kind of a nice box wine, if you will. It is a nice it's, box wine. Yeah, that's okay. what I call them, ice box wine. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. But it's not in a box, people. It's in no, a bottle. Right. It's in a bottle. Okay. It's in a beautiful, decorative, small bottle. So something that's so hot. This year, and every year seems to be getting more and more trendy and fashionable, is rosé. Now, I know you guys have been making rosé since the beginning. Since before it was cool. Since before (laughs) it was cool. But now that it is cool, I'm so thrilled to have pink in my glass here. So, I've had your Barbera rosé, and Barbera is a red grape uh, originating in Italy. I love that. But this is my first time with the 2014 rosé, so tell me about this. So this rosé is made from uh, this year's harvest of Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc. 
Um, so all the fruit was sourced within 80 miles of the farm. Some of this fruit comes from Pennsylvania up in the southeast corner. Uh, but this is a dry rosé. So mm. um, Good fruit, though, too. Yeah, it very much preserved its fruit. It's very pink, which is pleasant. Yeah, beautiful color. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a great, like afternoon sipping wine it is yeah but would be great with food too oh That's, grilled food yeah mm-hmm. Ooh, i'm and there's plenty of time to grill still mm-hmm. and speaking of uh being outdoors and enjoying great wine you have the first annual farm and vineyard festival crow fest 2015 it's going to be on september 13th tell us a little bit more about how folks can join you and if they do what great things you're going to do with them well they can go online to crowfarmmd.com and um push the event button and find their tickets they can purchase there online. Um, And what we had hoped to do is to bring people out to the farm. We'll be offering farm tours, winery tours. Alpacas will be there. Alpacas, everybody loves them. (laughs) We we have about 25 vendors. The vendors are all folks that somehow make products that support our business in some way. So we'll have some cupcake people there. We'll have some glass people there um we'll have some wine bottle collectors there we'll have some barrels um guy that makes things from barrels so um that should be fun the vendors and then we're going to have a local band called uh the highs and wides they will be there bluegrass band playing all afternoon and uh the folks who do our um, butchering halls butcher shop in dover delaware they're going to bring their food truck over and they're going to do some cooking demonstrations mm-hmm. using our beef and oh great so, 10, 10 to 5 10 on to five. sunday september 13th and what i love about your place and all the events that you do is so family friendly yeah. so i you know i've had my daughter out there before to one of your brunches uh so it's 12 dollars per person for adults and then 10 dollars for the dd gotta right. have that yeah. gotta have the dd and children uh, also six to 12 but if your children are under five they're free yeah Love that. Just keep an eye on them. Mommies and daddies. Yeah, mommies and daddies deserve a little wine, I say. Uh, that's wonderful. And um, blacksmith demonstration. We yeah. Grape stomping. Great. Yeah. Oh, that is something I've never done. Maybe I need out. to come out just I haven't to do either. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I just need a picture of me stomping grapes. We will be grape stomping. <laughs> yeah. I love Please that. join us. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's wonderful. Okay. So this rose. Um, is this the first year making this particular type of rosé with the grape Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc? It is, yeah. Um, in the past, this rosé has been um, Merlot-based, but it's uh, cab the cabs this year. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, great. Well, I think we're going to take a quick break on The Sipping Point. We'll be right back with Crow Vineyard. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach. We're back with the Sipping Point, talking to Judy Crow and Katrina North from Crow Vineyard. We tasted your bubbly. We tasted the rosé. And now we're moving on to your red. It's a Barbera, which is one of my favorite red grapes of all time because I'm a Piedmont, Italy fanatic. So I love that we have it here in Maryland, too. But we were talking uh, before the break about your first annual Crow Fest. And I'm just wondering, it's going to be a whole day of grape stomping and tasting and food and tours and lots of great shopping. But what what gave you the inspiration to start the festival? Um, it sort of came from everybody who comes in the tasting room wants to know if we stomp grapes. And then when we show them the winery, they ask the same question, Do you stomp? when are you going to stomp grapes? So we just figured this year we're ready for to try a festival and um, sort of 
from that, you know, you start like, okay, so what are we going to do at the festival? And this local um, bluegrass band said they wanted to play. And then um, guests who have stayed at the B&B, like the blacksmith guy, um, he said, I'd like to come. I'd like to do blacksmith demonstrations. Um, my 86-year-old aunt who makes American <laughs> doll clothes, she's like, oh, could I have a booth at the Crow Fest? Aww. And, so it's Aunt Mary, I hear. Aunt Mary, yeah. you got to come see Aunt Mary. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a little girl who loves American Girl doll, that's perfect. Oh, perfect! I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's that stuff is not cheap. Okay, because yeah. my daughter was into that for for a second, and we had to get the doll's ears pierced, and it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, all right, great. And uh, if they go to crowfarmmd.com, they can find out all... You do lots of events, but this is your first big festival. This is a festival, Harvest yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, so, great. Speaking of harvest, I know you're not harvesting red grapes yet. Not yet. But when would that generally happen? End of September through the end of October. Okay. All right. So when we are stomping... At the festival, are we going to be stomping white? Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Good. That's less staining to the clothes. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So tell me about your Barbera Reserve. This is the 2012 that I have here, um, Appalachian, Kent County, Maryland. So what, what do we have here, Katrina? So this is uh, actually, we grow Barbera, um, and this was the first harvest off of our um, home vineyard. So... The um, harvest that year went into two programs, our 2012 Barbera, which is already sold out. Uh, we couldn't hold on to it. It yeah. went so fast. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a refined older sister, the Barbera Reserve. <laughs> uh, so, and what makes it a reserve so folks know? Um, we held on to it a little bit longer in barrel. So um, we hand-selected barrels early on in the process of the highest quality and uh, knew that we were going to keep those for a little bit longer and mm. uh, treat them with extra special TLC. I so, love it. Yep. Well, things I've always loved about Barbera are that it's such a well-balanced grape and so great with food. You know, so you have that great fruit there, but a good balance between tannin and acidity. Um, what What is your vision for this wine? Where do you see this best on the dinner table? Oh, gosh. Barbera, it plays well pretty much with everybody. That's mm-hmm. the nice thing about it. It's uh, food Kind of like friendly. Pinot Noir in that way. Yeah. yeah. Even, I mean, Pinot Noirs at times can get a little bit acidic for me, and mm-hmm. Barbera generally doesn't get that way. We raise uh, grass-fed Angus beef as well at the farm, so we're always pairing with beef. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm a beef fan. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, love that. So this can go with everything from a, a hamburger to a... Uh, filet, you know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, well oh, rounded. Yeah. And uh, retail, do you have any About idea? 25. About yep. 25. Oh, that's still very reasonable. Yep. Yeah. We like Wonderful. to keep it reasonable. Keeping it reasonable. <laughs> that's ladies. Okay. So, folks do want to join you at the festival, stomp some grapes, have some fun. Uh, I mentioned the tickets, they're $12 a person, but you can buy a VIP ticket. You can. And who doesn't want to be VIP these days? <laughs> I mean, what do you get? What what does it get you um, to be a VIP? A VIP will bring you um, in on a special tour with myself and Brandon Hoy, the Judy's son and vineyard manager. Um, we're going to actually do uh, a tasting, a special tasting. We're going to do some uh, grapes, taste some unfermented juice, and then taste some wine. Mm-hmm. So... All, all three stages of the world. Perfect. Yeah. Any barrel tastings? Um, 
Maybe. If they're on their best behavior. <laughs> if they ask really yeah. nicely, really nicely. Well, three great wines. I'm going to put all the information about these wines and a link to your website at thewinecoach.com. The Sparkling Vidal Blanc from 2011, the 2014 Rosé, and the 2012 Barbera Reserve. All delicious. Um, Crowfest sounds like a blast. I hope to join you ladies there. I hope uh, my listeners will come out and join you too. 10 to 5, September 13th. Go to crowfarmmd.com. Thank you so much for coming on The Sipping Point. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. I'll I'll see you in a few weeks. Cheers. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point. And I so enjoyed tasting all those wines from Crow Farm Spam. They were delicious. Fantastic. And they're just great people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a bed and breakfast, a winery, and this great uh, organic beef that you can get from the... It's like heaven. Totally heaven. So check them out uh, for their Crow Fest on the 13th of September. Um, they are actually on a number of wine lists on restaurants around uh, Easton, where I live, and, and actually over here in Baltimore as well, because their wines are so delicious. But it brings me to a question from a listener about wine lists. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking about five reasons, if you're a restaurateur or maybe you're at a restaurant, why I think your wine list might suck. Excuse my French. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, some wine lists are better than others. Mm -hmm. And it's not what you might think that makes a great wine list. So here's some of my thoughts. I know someone was asking my thoughts on wine lists. Your wine list might suck if it's too long. Yeah. You know, I don't think more is better in the realm of wine lists. I think, you know, what about you? I know you said you're sort of a wine novice. How do you feel if you go out to a restaurant and you're handed the 300-page wine list? I I don't like that. Whether it's wine, whether it's food, whether it's beer, I don't. I only have so much time to read before I actually just want to be consuming something. So right, and when you go out to eat, if you're like me, you're wanting to relax. Yeah. So I love it when they have people, you know, psalms or wait staff that really know the wine list because then I let them do it for me. Because I'm off the clock, okay? <laughs> I don't want to have to pick my own wine. I want to relax a little bit. But if it's too long, it's just going to be overwhelming for people. They're not going to be able to find what they want. Um, and so, you know, some places uh, have uh, the iPads now, which are nice. Because even if you have a long list, people can slice and dice and search for things mm-hmm. very easily with those. That's so cool. I do. I think Fleet Street Kitchen has uh, the iPad or wine pad. And, and that is a great, great feature. But if your wine list is too long, I put the kibosh on that. I think yeah. that is a problem. Okay, another reason your wine list might suck. Full of mistakes. I don't know. <laughs> now, you might not notice like this, but lots of times when I go out, it's always a joke, when I go out to dinner somewhere and I'm hit, you know, handed the wine list, I am always finding spelling mistake, uh, the region that's mis represented on the wine list or the vintage is wrong well and that makes people start wondering how well you really know what you're serving right those wine lists kind of need to be alive anymore because they're changing they're bringing in new things so if you're only printing your wine list once a year chances are it's probably not going to be correct Mm -hmm. so you really uh as as a restaurant um need to make sure that that's taken care of and as a consumer just you know when you order wine if you are ordering for a specific vintage because you know a 2010 was a great vintage in that region when they bring the wine bottle out you need to double check that you're getting what 
you thought you were getting. Because right. you may want to reorder. You know, if there's anything wrong with that next vintage, but it, you know, it may be the year you were on your honeymoon. Mm-hmm. The year you got married, you know, vintages can be specific for lots of different reasons. And I'd love to hear from our listeners if you've ever had any of these challenges with your wine list. Email us at radio at thewinecoach.com with the questions, with your comments, what happened. I love, love to feature you on the show. All right. Uh, another reason your wine list might stink or suck. You don't have the right price points. How many times have you been in a restaurant that you have... The wine they serve by the glass, maybe that's $35 a bottle. Mm-hmm. And then the next wine of that type is $100. And there's just nothing in between. That makes me a little nervous. Yeah, well, then you're and stressed. Upset. Is, yeah, the, the, <laughs> are you going to compromise or are you going to like right. dole out twice what you were expecting to? Yeah, because a lot of people like that mid-range. So you need to make sure that, you know, when you're constructing a wine list, my thought process is to have all those different price ranges represented in the ca- in the various categories for Pinot, for Cab, for Bordeaux blends. Uh, so you need to make sure, you know, you have something for everybody. Some people are going to be happy with the house wine, the least expensive, and some people are there to blow it out and have, uh, you know, a very, very special occasion. But you also have to have something in the middle. And actually, I work with a lot of clients constructing their wine list, training their staff. And that brings me to another re- reason why I get upset about wine lists. And that's the staff doesn't know anything about the wine list. Have you ever been to a restaurant and asked for help? Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. I've never tried that. Oh, I'm not sure. Let me check. That's half their job is to help you right. get what you're what you're what you want. Yeah. And and you know, some restaurants are blessed to have a sommelier or wine steward person in charge of the wine program. But all of the staff should have some basic knowledge of the wine list and be able to help you, hey, I'm gonna order the salmon. Where you know, where should I go wine wise? Um, that is so, so important. And not only should they know the actual list, but they should know how to properly open a bottle of wine and how to serve it. And you'd be surprised the stuff you see. And sometimes I've actually seen people trying to open a screw cap with a corkscrew. (laughs) You're kidding. (laughs) Now, come on. It can happen, especially on the second or third bottle. But wait, staff. And I have a little trick to show the wait staff about presenting and opening bottles of wine with a screw cap. So if anybody wants to know about that, email me at radioatthewinecoach.com, and I will (laughs) let you in on it. Um, If you want to know the proper way to serve and open a bottle of wine or tasting wine, any of that great stuff, I have a YouTube channel, Spam. Mm -hmm. It's youtube.com slash thewinecoach, and I have lots of great instructional videos out there. My book, The Sipping Point, many restaurants will buy for staff training because it has the essentials, and that uh, can be found at thewinecoach.com or Amazon. And one more reason that I think your wine list might suck. Any guesses? I don't know. You covered all the big ones, I thought. Mm-hmm. What's missing? You don't have enough wines by the glass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's gotten so much better these days. I mean, it used to be in the old days, everybody have one or two whites or one or two reds, and that's it. Now, there's so many choices, and I really, really love that because you get a chance to try before you commit to that whole bottle. Right. And I don't know if people know, even if you're not quite sure exactly what you want by the glass, you can ask to taste a little bit of that wine to make sure you want to even commit to the glass. And people don't know that. I think people are afraid to ask. But if you're looking at something a little exotic and you never had it before, you can say, hey, do you mind to have a, if I can have a little taste of that Argentinian Tarantes? 
to decide if I want to have a glass, most great restaurants are going to come over and pour you a little taste. That's great. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. And that's <laughs> awesome because then I don't have to worry about stomaching a whole glass of something I really don't, right. really wasn't looking, looking for. So, And I also like, uh, in addition to a lot of different choices by the glass, mm-hmm. I like the idea of different pour sizes, and I don't know if you've been seeing that at various uh, restaurants around the area, but um, and I think they do it at thirteen five uh, percent wine bar here. Um, you can get a three ounce, you can get a six ounce, or they do it at the wine market for sure. Okay, on, in Locust Point, so you can do a small taste, you can do a whole glass or a glass and a half. So you can you don't have to commit. You can get a small. Medium or big. I like that. I like it. All right. Just a few reasons why your wine list might suck. But we're going to take a quick break on the sipping point. We'll be back uh, with a little bit more and to find out about an event with me on September 9th. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach, and we're back with the sipping point. I want to thank Crow Farm and Winery, Judy Crow and Katrina North, for coming from Kennedyville, Maryland, to join us here in studio, taste their delicious wine, and find out all about Crow Fest. It's going to be on Sunday, September 13th from 10 to 5. You can stomp grapes. You can drink wine, great food, lots of fun for the whole family. Check them out at crowfarmmd.com. Dot com And all the information also will be at thewinecoach.com and more. And if you want to have lots of great fun and wine, ladies, join me on September 9th for Wine, Women, and Barbecue by popular demand. This is our second event at Famous Dave's, this time in Timonium, Maryland. We're going to have four courses of great barbecue with five of my favorite delicious wines. All of that for only $32.99. It's a ridiculous value. And we're just going to have a whole night of great conversation, great food, and great wine. Just go to thewinecoach.com slash women. You can get all the information. You can buy tickets and join me for a whole evening of really what I think you deserve. Because you know what? As women, we do a lot, really. We're balancing career and work and life. And sometimes we need to take an evening just for ourselves. You can come by yourself and meet ladies or grab your BFF, grab your sister, your mother, whomever. Come out and join me. TheWineCoach.com slash women. Join me at Famous Dave's in Timonium, Maryland. Next week, we're going to be back to explore the recipe for a delicious life. And guess what? We're going to have some of my interviews from Montepulciano in Italy. I talked to some great winemakers there. And I was a judge for a wonderful wine and food competition called A Tavola con Il Nobile. Nobile. They taught me the correct pronunciation, and it was really delicious. You'll find out all about it next week. Special thanks, as always, to our sponsors, Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis. They are amazing. If you need a vehicle, I bought my CT Hybrid there. I get 43 miles to the gallon. I know you're jealous. Or Wine World in Abington, Maryland. They've got all these great wines we've been tasting and so much more. Go see Michael, Rachel, or Elizabeth. They will hook you up with the great stuff. The Oregon Grill over there in Hunt Valley. And, of course, in my hometown, Harrow the Dog Wine and Spirits in Easton, Maryland. We'll be back next week on The Sipping Point.